0: as someone who shies away from conflict, however, I know you were talking about tough conversations and maybe outside of like you know the a environment um I tend to become quite passive um rather than you know unless something is really bothering you, obviously but but I understand how that might turn into rumination and then you hold these deep seated grudges etc but I wonder if there's something in why we are averse to conflict is this a personality trait of mine or is this actually something that is quite common amongst amongst people in general
2: well for starters most of us have had an experience with conflict that didn't go well either we were in it or we observed it and one of the things that happens is that we overlearn we take that experience and we decide, oh, that's what's going to happen anytime I go anywhere near conflict. Uh, first of all, we overgeneralize. And second of all, we overlearn. And as David likes to say, a cat never sits on a hot stove twice, but it never sits on a cold stove again either. So we get locked into beliefs, assumptions, what we call mental models. And then we stop, A, we stop learning and growing. But we also, and and partly because we stop experimenting, it's it's a knob. It's not a switch. It's like oop, never doing that again is one way to react. Uh, I think I'm going to see if I can learn how to do that in ways that create slightly different outcomes. <laughs> uh, is another way to think about it. Uh, but it's hard to even get there if you've already decided. I got to avoid, I've got to avoid that at all costs.
1: And I, I think, um, yes, and, and also it's often how we raise it. In the book, we are very explicit about talking about this. We usually raise it in an accusatory way, not leading with the feelings, as Carol's talking about. So we say, you know, you are, not only you have done this, but you are this sort of person. It's because you're a mean person, Ravi, that you do that. Well, as soon as I start that, um, your defenses are up and you're to the battlement and you're going to return a volley. Well, you return a volley and I return a volley back and we have escalated uh, out of any sort of functional problem solving. So part of it's how we raise it. Part of it's can we catch ourselves? Can we uh, say, um, uh, wait a minute, what, what the devil's going on here? or uh, come on, we can talk about this better. (laughs) And we can catch each other. I remember with some embarrassment some time ago, I got into a fight with Eva and I went out of the room and slammed the door. She opened the door, she said, you come back in here. We haven't finished this. And (laughs) so uh, either party can say, wait a minute, this has escalated beyond where it should and we can do things. Also, we don't know how to repair with conflict. Mm. And so we sort of say, well, let's agree to disagree, which is a very dangerous statement because it doesn't resolve anything and the feelings linger. So, so in the book, we talk about how you could raise it in a way that doesn't prevent necessarily hurt. There, there's no easy answer, but it lessens the probability. Mm. When you're in the situation, you can de-escalate and focus on what's important, and then how can you repair? And most people don't have those competencies. And we hope that the book helps people.
2: And in fact, the reason most people don't have the competencies to repair is that they've become conflict-averse, like you, Rupee. Mm-hmm. So then they don't have a chance to yeah. get into conflict. They don't have a chance to figure out how to repair it. They don't have any any sense of... Uh, confidence that they can repair it. So then they don't get into conflict and it becomes a negatively reinforcing loop.
0: Have a beautiful day.
2: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.